Welcome to the 20th episode of Outsiders. Outsiders is a podcast featuring innovative women, queer culture, and conversation. My name is Julia Curtis Burns, and I'm your host. And today I'm joined by Nellie Pennington. Yeah. I'm a makeup artist, a beauty writer, and I'm working with a beauty app called Coco Beauty. Oh. A beauty app. A beauty app. What exactly is a beauty app? Um, they could be a lot of things, but Coco Beauty is an app that finds your skin tone using the app and a chart and matches your skin with foundation shades. Hmm. So, so like, I take a picture of myself. Yes. And then it... Realizes- it matches you with women that we have tested skin tones tested foundations on and finds the women who are closest to your skin tone and gives you their recommendations. Awesome. Actual recommendations that were found by makeup artists in scientific double-blind testing. What is double-blind testing? Double-blind testing is when you have two people that aren't watching each other. So one person is, in this case, one person's matching foundations to every face. Um, The other person's matching foundations to every face, but you're not watching each other. So if you see an odd result, you can actually look at the other result and see if, you know, you can measure Uh, them. That's very cool. This is what happens when you work for scientists. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you like it? I I love it, actually. It's a very um, new way to work. I'm a makeup artist. Um, I guess by way of history, I should say, I'm I'm a creative person. I've been a makeup artist for over 20 years. I started writing a blog about beauty and culture because I love the backstory. I love history. I love art history. Um, I love a lot of women's culture in terms of of what we do and why we do it. Mm. Um, And I was found by a scientist, a woman scientist, who had invented a color matching technology. And the first place she wanted to apply it her name is Nina Body, and the first place she wanted to apply it was in beauty. She had, was an Indian woman, and she always had a hard mm. time finding foundation for her skin tone. She's somewhat unusual for the United States skin tone, especially in the 80s when she mm. first was looking for makeup. Um, so she invented this technology and found me and said, I need a beauty expert to help me with this, and brought me to my team, and I report to engineering and marketing and probably a lot of other people as well um, for Coco. So and we are we are launching in the spring we're launching a beta. Um, which means a beta means right now we are in what's called private user testing. And that's usually people that we know or that we meet or friends of friends that come into our office and they play with the app and they play with the chart. We don't have the charts yet that we're distributing. Um, private, the beta that's not private means that it will be in the app store. We'll send people charts, but the features aren't all there. Hmm. Um, some things are in beta for years and we're using them and we're paying people. Um, so beta is a really loose term in terms of, of development. But it's, it's a way to start having people use it, start having functionality. Um, people can get the functionality they can out of it. Also, they can give feedback and say, I really wish you had this and this and this. Um, 
So, so it helps you to improve the product. It helps us improve. It helps us find out what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, or what we could do better. Hmm. So, you awesome. know, it's, it's, I mean, apps are sort of an iterative process. It's very interesting to watch and listen as the engineers discuss how they're bringing in new features. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish I could say I understood it all. But <laughs> I don't. <laughs> What brought you into, you said you've been a makeup artist for 20 years, right? Oh, I've been obsessed. How did you, <laughs> how did you get into it? Like I got into makeup. Um, well, I, you know, I loved princesses and I loved fairy tales. And when I was a preteen, I also got into new wave music. So that was boys in makeup. So it was, um, so it was all those things that made a very powerful impression on me. I also saw... I discovered fashion, and I, I mm. thought it was really cool and glamorous. Like I thought it was cool that you could transform yourself with these colors. And you know, life is kind of not as exciting as a, for a teenager as you think it's going to be. <laughs> it's not as glamorous as I hoped it would be. So with makeup, it was sort of I could live in this fantasy world and and you know have crazy makeup and go out to clubs in London. London. Oh, no, 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 This is oh, in my mind. Oh, oh, I was in my mind. I was in the suburbs. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to do anything. Okay. <laughs> cool. So what was your first, like, makeup purchase ever? Oh, I think my first makeup purchase was a subs- one of those little kits you could buy, um, they did mail order kits. It was uh-huh. kind of like they came in the paper. Yeah. It was it was before Birchbox, but it was kind of like Birchbox. Uh-huh. But you could get a little set of colors, and I totally just sent it. I didn't tell my parents that I did it, and I didn't know <laughs> that I was signing myself up for a subscription. I got a little trouble, um, but we ended up canceling it, and you know it was it was kind of okay. okay. Um, I, I didn't get in that much trouble, but you know the, the cat was out of the bag. <laughs> So it was like like basics. I have no idea. It was like it was like, okay. It was a I have to say I don't know what I don't use makeup, was, so I have no idea. I think it was a palette of eyeshadows and blush. It was sort of an all-in-one makeup kit. Oh, okay. you know the promise like this is you know complete makeup kit. And of course, they're not going to send you more things every single month. Um, I don't know exactly what they were going to send you because that was, was that was that was next by my parents oh. when they found out what I had done. But um, yeah. So, so you started experimenting with those. I was experimenting with those then, those colors, and then when it when I started working part time jobs, I spent a lot of money on um, records and makeup. Hmm. That was like my sort of my, my discretionary spending. <laughs> and um, how did you know? Okay, well, I want to pursue makeup. I knew that there were about five people, I think it was two people at the time, who had this job called creative director Mm. for cosmetics companies. And that, at the time, was what I saw. And I said, I want to do what these guys do. Um, There was one for Christian Dior. There was one for Shiseido. And I thought, that's the job I want, which Mm. was kind of crazy because there's two people that had that job. But And I would tell people, that's the job I want. And Mm. and they would look at me like, what do you even talking about you're never going to get that job so after I got 
after I got through college, and I went, you know, I went to college, I studied some fashion, I studied art history, I studied some studio art, um, I studied everything that allowed me as many electives as possible, um, and then I sort of bopped around, and then I said, you know, if I'm not, I don't know how to get this job, but I bet being a makeup artist is a lot closer mm. to it than what I'm doing right now, um, and so I just sort of took a, took the leap. And put up a flyer and started, you know, harassing photographers and harassing model agents and oh. you know, just started getting people to take pictures of makeup that I was doing and started learning my trade. So you essentially started your own business, right? So you were—you like, have to do that. That's, you were promoting that's kind yourself. Of, you were finding models to do makeup, and then you would have photographers come. That's how it—that's how it works. If, wow. if someone wants to be a freelance makeup artist, they yeah. have—you have to hustle. Um, it's not my favorite thing, but it's just part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and now there's there's certain ways that make it easier, but you still, you know, aspiring makeup artists still have to hustle. Mm -hmm. And so I've always wondered about this. Like, let's say that there you hear of there's like a photo shoot or there's like a fashion show. Could makeup artists that are freelance can they just show up and just say, <laughs> no, 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 like, hey, I'm uh, I'm trying no. to get experience, and so I have my kid here. Can I do makeup for some of your models? That stuff is usually decided oh. before the show starts. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of breadth of experience. I mean, sometimes when you see a show, the people that are assisting the, the key makeup artists, some of them will, might just be their friend who's actually a peer. Mm. Um, some of them might be assistants who are sort of the next level. Some of them might be somebody's cousin who decided to be a makeup artist and got in. Mm. And and so you just you really don't know. Um, but to get into those shows, you kind of have to clear it ahead of time. You have to on the list of, with their agency and to network and get your way in. yeah you have to you have to yeah you do you have to network okay okay and so you started a blog can you tell us about your blog and what it's all about yeah it's well involved? my blog is called wild beauty mm -hmm. and it's it's actually subtitled beauty and culture and i've always been interested in the backstory of beauty um beauty rituals uh beauty and art uh beauty and technology all sorts of things, and I also, because I'm freelance, I get sick of sitting around waiting for someone else to call. Mm. I like to have some things that I can control myself. Um, and when I first came up with the idea, I thought, oh, this would be a great TV show, you know, mm -hmm. like, I'm thinking Andrew Zimmern, but for <laughs> women, you know, great. Um, but they don't just give you a TV show. I, you know. I know, I mean, gosh, <laughs> I really wanted that too. You, you can't, just, you can't just wish it out into the universe and have it show up at your like, doorstep. Julia, do you want to do a show? And I was like, You yeah. can't do that. <laughs> um, and so I, I decided that I would at least start writing mm. and I would learn to write. I had taken a writing class to see if I could, if I could put words. I can talk a lot, but I couldn't, I was always nervous about putting my words in, mm. in writing, in print. So I decided I'm just going to start this blog and see if anyone's interested in what I'm doing, see if this is interesting. And I have come from being terrified of, of writing and publishing and having anyone in the world see it to feeling like I just don't write enough and I don't mm. publish enough and, and people expect more from me, which is a huge change. And it's been a real 
exploration because half the articles I do, I'm doing research. You know, mm -hmm. there are times when I'm in, in archives looking at, you know, microfiche of, you know, 15th, 16th century Puritan tracks of it against witchcraft and makeup and things like that that, that are sort of informing how I look at beauty and, and what I'm sharing with my readers. And then, and most recently, it's something that's not even that insane. It's an interview with a makeup artist for a TV series, mm. you know, just asking about the characters and about working on sets and things like that. So it goes, it goes around to all these different subjects. So you talk about the history of makeup, and then you also interview people who are currently involved in the makeup and beauty world. Yeah, and there's and there's a lot of interesting people in the beauty world. It's a very technical, it's a very yeah. technical world. I mean, there's chemistry, there's um, well, there's biology and skincare. There's a lot of inventions. I've done things about the invention of the eyelash curler. There are all these patents, mm. you know, that you can that I could look up because I'm crazy that way. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of stuff behind the scenes that's really cool. And a lot of women like it, but it's not really explored that publicly. It's a little more now because mm -hmm. there's more blogs and the, the conversation has widened, as I, as I hoped it would. But it's not something that, that you know, when, when I started Wild Beauty, the, they had a TV show about beauty around the world and it was really stupid. And they treated beauty as really stupid, and they got an actress pop star to host it who knew nothing about beauty. She was cute. But she knew nothing mm. about the beauty world. And it was one of those things, I felt it was kind of sexist mm. because we talk about history as though it's wars and battles. And, and you know, when you go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, there's a whole wing devoted to arms and armature and mm. armor. Then when they do a show about the vanity cases, they do one tiny room. So everyday life is not interesting, or it's considered not interesting. It's considered trivial. But the fact is that, you know, craft, rituals, you know, how we, how we decorate ourselves, that's really a huge part of culture. Mm -hmm. we've, been, we've been wearing makeup since before we were using metal tools. Wow. So, so you mean like... I'm trying to think of like what year that was. Like, so I, they, um, I think they found. I'm, I'm not great at numbers, remembering numbers. Um, I think it was forty thousand years ago. Wow. They found. They have found ochre mines from forty thousand years, and people were painting their bodies and their walls, mm. and you know, doing themselves up and saying, "Look at me." Wow. I look cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's been a part of history, right? It's about how we express ourselves. and It is. And tribes are, I mean, we have tribes in the you know, modern world. We have tribes. Yeah. How we, how we dress, how, especially when we want to look good for, you know, certain people. That has something to say about who our tribe is. Mm -hmm. Oh, can you talk about that a little more? What do you mean? Well, tribes. I mean, it's, okay, let's say I want to fit in in banking. <laughs> yes. Okay. You know, and I've I've worked at a bank. Um, actually, I worked at a bank as makeup artist mm. for a bank that did um, broadcasts. Oh. And I would meet all these all these bankers and financial advisors because they'd all be coming in to talk about whatever product was coming out. And it was very interesting because they had their own little code of beauty and and dress. They they're very uh, particular about their suits. Mm. Um, they want to wear you know one guy wants to wear a better suit than the other guy. Um, their hair has to be a certain way. 
um, when, you know, the guys come in from the London office, they've got a whole thing there where they like to be a little more eccentric because they're English. Um, and it was, I looked around and I thought, this is like a beauty contest in mm-hmm. here. It's for men, but it's, if you go, you know, you look at the guys in the film crew, they're all just wearing jeans. They don't care because yeah. they're, they're there to make films. Um, but likewise, if you go to a photo studio, everyone's wearing black. Yeah. They're in the white room. Everyone's wearing black. Really low key. But if you really look closely, some of them, it's very, very exquisitely detailed or, ref, you know, referencing something black. Like, mm-hmm. if you, you really would have to go in and deconstruct what they're wearing sometimes. So, and that's, that's its whole other thing. So, every, and that's just two tribes. Yeah. And, and you can go on, um, on and on. You can see the teenagers coming out of FIT you know, after school, and and sometimes they're wearing exactly the same outfit, you know, it's like they're wearing exactly the same outfit, they're from different brands, it's the same, one has like the flounce a little over to the left, and one has the flounce over to the right, but you see like three friends wearing the same outfit, Mm -hmm. because they're part of their little tribe, and you don't want to look like you're not part of your tribe, right, you want to fit in with the people, it's a whole thing about the balance between standing out, yeah. And looking the same and fitting in. So you want yeah. to fit in with your people, but then you also want to stand up just a little bit like I'm special. You know, I try to do that. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> I'm thinking about like when you're saying that, right? There's something called the queer haircut. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even know like how to describe it, but I just know what it looks like. And I know, right. I know what it looks like. And it's like I try to walk this line between having my own individual style and look, but also I find that there are lots of other women that sort of look like they're part of my tribe, right? Yeah, and you want to be able to sort of recognize each other. If you're in a room full of bankers, you want to be like, okay, I know she is to get where I'm coming from. So (laughs) even if she's wearing the banker suit. You can still tell. Right. You like, she's with the haircut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there are all these, no, I never thought about that. There are all these ways that we try to identify with whatever tribe is. Yeah. yeah. So and it, and you could get into semiotics and call it signifiers mm, and all that. Um, yeah. I don't get that far into it. But, but that's really cool. So the I'm I'm curious. The first makeup invention was it the eye? What was it? What was it? Was the eyelash oh, curler? No one knows. Was um, they a... they did find a Russian. Uh, frozen Russian princess. So they call her the princess. She may have been a storyteller. And Ooh. she had basically an eyeliner pencil. In really? Her things. It, was, it was a stick. I want to say it was a mineral, stick of minerals that may have been crushed. But basically, mm. it was basically an eyeliner pencil. Oh. Um, and How did she make... I don't know. She made it. I mean, it like could have like been... Like a stick with a... It, it, I mean, it, I don't know that she made it. I mean, oh. there was try. There was. There's been trade. Trade yeah. is another thing. Commerce is another thing that has existed forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe someone who mined it mm-hmm. said, "Oh well, you know, we can sell it this way, and we can sell it in sticks, and mm-hmm. put it on their eyes." And, and are most of these like the eyelash curler? Were these invented by men or women? Well, the eyelash curler is interesting because there's there's a corporate aspect to it, but there are also some there are also some women inventors mm. um, with beauty inventions because women see oh this could be done a certain way or this could be done a better way. I think in lipstick especially there are mm. a lot of lipstick patents granted lipstick case patents granted to women 
because it's an easier place to be an inventor or to, to tinker with, and, mm -hmm. and you're around the product all the time, so you can see it. So there's some that are coming from, when I was doing the research for the eyelash curler, there were some things that were coming from companies where they had a, probably a department or mm -hmm. something, or they had someone that said, okay, your job is to invent gadgets, and mm. other things where it's probably someone in their base, in their garage or their, you know, attic or, you know, side room just tinkering away and saying, I think this would be a better way to do it. Mm. But the original so, one was created in what year? Oh, goodness. Uh, I want to say the 20s. In the 20s. Okay. I think the 20s is when it really kind of came in. Mm. Um, and there's a, there's many different versions. There was one that had like a, a automatic... Um, Eyeliner application on it, hmm. it had like little had little so things you, you could attach to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what trends are you into right now in the makeup world? Like, um, I I don't know. Makeup. I know. Well, I mean, I'm I'm actually enjoying because as a makeup artist, I hardly ever wore makeup, and then wait, you, what? you just don't. You just don't. You spend all day. Paying attention to someone else's makeup, making them look great. So makeup artists don't wear makeup. A lot of makeup artists do not wear makeup, especially when we're working. Because it's almost like being in a camp, in camp. Like you're outside somewhere, it's hot, you're wearing t-shirt jeans. Someone else has to look oh, gorgeous for okay. a photo. And you have to keep them looking gorgeous. But it's kind of hot and gross, so you just don't. <laughs> so you don't wear makeup. You know, I mean, you know, you're working on somebody else that day, and that's where your headspace is at. Um, do, on a regular basis, do you like to wear makeup or no? I like to wear makeup. Um, when I'm thinking, when I'm working a lot, I generally put it on other people. Mm -hmm. and, oh. and I don't put it so much on myself. Although then when it's time for me to go out, I'm like, oh no, it's my time. I'm going to look good. But I also put my makeup on a lot more like a regular woman where I have my little kit mm -hmm. that I just pull out my bag of tricks and do my thing. I don't change, you know, I don't put as much thought and theory, and, you know, there's not a briefing, you know, at home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, because I mean, when you're doing a photo shoot, you're, you're, you're talking with the hair and the stylist. Well, you have to, like, match everything. You have to really discuss the concept, mm. and then, you know, you might have to redo it again, you know. So it can take hours. We don't do that at home. Okay. Um, so what is in your bag of tricks? What's in my bag of tricks? <laughs> I, have, I have some strange things because... Mm -hmm. Because people give me things. I had a, a model bring me uh, an Arab, a Saudi Arabian cull. She, her mother brought it from Tanzania. But it's it's a cull eyeliner. It's a tube. Oh, okay. But it was made in Saudi Arabia. So that's my current eyeliner, which nobody believes. Because you, you can't buy it. Yeah. And you're just sort of like, why would you do that? It's just there. I use it. I love it. Um, I have a eyeshadow compact that, I mean, a, a palette that I like, mm -hmm. that I use. Um, almost every day because it's just easy and it's there. So I, I have things that some things are, are really modern technical things like, you know, the latest, greatest mascara that pops your eyelashes out oh. as far as I can, you know, I can get them um, quickly. Um, but it's not that there's nothing that I don't think there's anything that exotic except that eyeliner. And I use a lot of organic skincare. Organic skincare meaning. Yeah. Like, like essential oils and, you know, generally they're made, the things that I use are made by, there's a lot of things from Brooklyn and, <laughs> Do you and live Denver, in Brooklyn? Colorado. I don't live in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. I just go there to buy my skincare. Okay. <laughs> so you like a lot of products that are organic. And I like organic skincare. I'm starting to get into organic makeup. 
Um, makeup can be a little different because sometimes you just want you just want something to perform mm-hmm. at temporarily. And the organic makeup companies are starting to get to some of that, but it, it takes time. Um, with skincare, it's a lot. It's really advanced. Are there certain things that? Okay, two two part question. First part. Are there certain things that every woman should do in terms of skincare regimen to make sure that, you know, they're just taking care of their face? Because a lot of us forget, you know, we like take the care most of our important hair thing, and everything, but not so much our the face. The most important thing is sunscreen. Oh. Um, because the sun does it does cause wrinkles. And it causes it can cause wrinkling or skin pigmentation. For those of us who don't get wrinkles that easily, we'll get dark spots more mm-hmm. easily. Um it, in all skin tones, um, it, it can cause, it basically it just breaks down parts of the skin. So wearing just a basic moisturizer sunscreen or sunscreen on a daily basis, it's the one thing I've done consistently, and I'm a vampire, I look a lot <laughs> younger than I am, but that is the thing. It, mm. it, it, it's, but what is the SPF? I use an SPF at least 20. I mean, okay. at least um, I used at least 15 from the time. Now they make like 30. I don't know if it. I don't know if it lasts all day. I don't know. I just. I just put it on. You know, mm-hmm. probably three hundred and sixty days of a year, since I was twenty, I have done it. Every day. Almost oh every gosh. day. Um, so so every day, everyone should wear. No matter what the season is, you should wear SPF on your face. You should have a moisturizer sunscreen. with SPF okay. to wear in the day. Okay. What about like. Anything? Um, I don't, I, 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 don't I, I don't know what to say about wrinkle <laughs> creams and things like that because I don't, I don't know, I, you know, some people would say they work, some people would say they don't, I don't know, I, I take the best care of my skin I can, I get lazy like everybody else, um, I try to eat right and use good products, but I really need sunscreen is the number it's one the thing, number one it's thing. the number one thing is preventing because once you have them, you know, you can you can get creams, but you have it, and yeah. and there, you know, yes, there are dermatological things that you can do that are very involved. I haven't gotten involved in any of it yet. Um, as as a blogger, I've I've been offered Botox twice, but I'm not doing it yet. Um, yeah, so, so you might. I don't know that. I don't know that I will. I I had. She a, has great skin. I don't I had, know why. I had an I had an interlude. I had a surgery where my face was partially paralyzed in recovery oh. for a few months. And I got really depressed because I couldn't move my face. Mm. So, and I wrote that on the blog actually. Mm. Um, and there are some people who are depressed and get Botox on the muscles that are making their face a certain way, and actually they feel better. Mm. So, how your face is can affect your mood. So, I'm not really dying to get something done that reduces the mobility of my face. That's mm. me. So when you you said that this was a result of just. A- I, I had a, I had had a surgery that they moved a facial nerve out of the way, oh. and so there was there was while I was recovering that nerve had to recover, and one side of my face was not really working for a while. It was very wow. weak, so it was and it was a thing that it depressed me because number one I couldn't talk to people. I mean mm-hmm. I, I could talk to people, but sometimes people didn't really understand what I said because. I, I make a lot of expressions when I'm talking, and I guess I'm dancing it as well as singing it. I don't know. <laughs> it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't coming through. Um, and so I, I don't think, 
I, I don't know that I believe as much personally mm-hmm. in the physical manipulations. Like, I mean, the you know, the, some of this ultra modern Botox fillers, surgery things, it, it might be a little much for me. Yeah, I think it's a um, lot. But I do have resources that, about facial exercises and things like that. So I'm not, it's Wait, not what? like, there's, I What's mean, there's facial exercise. Oh, there's, you know, there's face yoga and there's Miss Craig. Miss Craig is from 1970 and she did like facial exercises and she, and she has this book. <laughs> you can get it on Amazon. I have it. It's on my blog. I wrote about it. Um, and she had this book and she's going through the exercises. Um, so you can see her doing it. And she was seven years old and she looked amazing. Wait, Wait. So it's not like I'm not I'm not vain. I am. So, so is this does this involve you like massaging your face? Or well, you can you do like you can do acupressure massage too. It has you doing things like making mm, <laughs> really weird grimaces. She's making faces. Um, yeah, the faces are hilarious, but your skin on your face is attached to muscles because it's, right. you make it's the only place on your body that it is attached to mm. the muscles. So if you are developing muscles in your face, you are sort of you possibly pumping up your face. Oh, so, interesting. So building up your cheek muscles might build up your cheek contours instead of just injecting fat in there. Wow. So and I wouldn't want to, yeah. Well, so there's all these little beauty secrets. Like, so I didn't know there was <laughs> face yoga. Now i got to look that up. I have to go to Melly's blog and check it out. <laughs> schedule right now because I I well there's there's three parts in my life I have makeup jobs that can take I can take an hour you know like that can be doing someone's makeup for an event which mm-hmm. takes an hour an hour and a half that could be all day long that could be a 15 hour day from you know what? call time is at 6 a.m. and you're gonna get home at 10 at night oh so it can that can be anything um, I'm doing the work with Coco Beauty the app um, that's Sort of, you know, I'm sort of working with them, you know, a few, like, a few days Mm -hmm. here and there. It's very flexible. And sometimes that, when we do skin tone studies, is 10, 12-hour days Mm. nonstop. Um, And, you know, that that, that takes everything. Um, Blogging has taken a little bit of a backseat. It was never never a big earner in in the mix because I I didn't do products, really. I, I did something that was not that and I um but I you know so I sort of fit it in um it used to be the thing that I did like these two days if I wasn't doing something else mm-hmm. and I would mm-hmm. say okay that's two days I'm doing this um so now it's a little more like when I get an opportunity to do something really cool then you I make the time okay. you know I, I carve out the time and I do it but in terms of, of upkeep of social media and those things I sort of fit those things into my schedule and I I share them a bit. You're a good tweeter, I have to say. Am I? You are a good tweeter. <laughs> Thank you. Melly helped me with my tweeting. Uh, yeah, I'm helping with some of the background awesome. stuff, but yeah. it's, yeah. It's hard. What do you think about social media? Like, how has it helped you as a freelancer to get, I mean, are you a social media person? Do you find it helpful I'm a social in the beauty person. world? I'm a social person that likes to have my space. 
So I kind of do like social media because I like it because I can turn it on when I feel like it and go away when I doubt. Um, But do you feel like it's – so everybody's telling me now, like, Julia, well, if you're starting a podcast, you have to be on Twitter. You have to be active, blah, blah, blah. Do you find that that's the case with the industry that you're in? Um, Well, Twitter – it's funny. They do different things. Twitter – I've met a number of people on Twitter. I can't tell you how many people I've met on Twitter. Um, I've, I've met makeup companies. I've met other writers. I've met, I've just met a bunch of people. So it's, a, it's a strange little medium because you meet people. Instagram is very visual. Um, I wish my life was as glamorous. <laughs> I mean, there, there, was, there was a time several years ago, it was before the recession, my life was really glamorous, and Instagram did not exist. <laughs> I could You're be like, where were you like, here I am, <laughs> on the beach, in Jamaica, look. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm, now I'm like in the office. Yeah, it's like you're looking at this office. It's not. This is um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice fine. office, but it's not it's cool. Instagram. We're in a conference room. It's a nice fluorescent yeah. lighting. Yeah, it's not Instagram. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so do you use Instagram or is it I your use Instagram Twitter? and I I use Instagram. I I enjoy it. I actually enjoy looking at my Instagram feed in some okay. ways more than I enjoy I mean, I post if I'm at a party or I see something cool yeah. or, you know, something funny on the street, I'll post it. But I don't, you know, it's not, I don't, I'm not living an Instagram life mm. all the time. And that's sort of... What's an Instagram? I don't know, I just, I, I don't know these people, you know, it's, it's like when, you, when you're... When you're going on lots of shoots and you're going to good locations, oh, okay. or and also remember that I'm in the beauty blog world, so I see the beauty quote unquote influencers who are always doing their makeup, mm. they're always doing a new eye, or they're style people that are always showing out their outfit outfit of the day, oh, okay. you know that kind of thing. So it's like here's my outfit of the day, and I'm at this music <laughs> festival, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. So you know mm. that's that's what I call like the Instagram. Oh, okay, like, okay. So who are some people that you enjoy following or that you see as, you know, you really like what they're putting um, out there, you know, on Instagram or Twitter? On Instagram, I'm mostly following just people that I know. Oh, your in, friends. In real life. Or, oh, okay. you know, I know, you know, mostly I know them in real life. There's a few, there's a few big makeup artists that maybe I don't, I've worked with them, but I don't know them. You know, I can call them up on the phone right now. Um... And I don't think there's nothing. And then there's just art. There's like artists that I've found. Like that makeup artists? Or there's artists? artist artists that I've found on Instagram. Just kind of fun because I get to look at their process. And oh, I, yeah. I enjoy it. So it's my little art groupie oh, thing, cool. you know, where they'll show parts of, you know, they'll show part, think works in progress, or they'll show them the drawings, their studio and stuff like that. And do you think of yourself as an artist artist? Because you I think are... of myself as a wannabe artist in, in many ways, but... Because you're... <laughs> Essentially, making the palette is the face. You know, I mean, the the canvas is the face. And yes, the... there's that. I mean, I, I I am a creative person, but in some ways, I feel like I'm more of like I tinker. Like I do art. I do art. I do color. I'm a colorist. Mm. Um, what does that mean? I'm a color. I studied color theory in school. I've always had a thing about color, um, color balances, color matching, color coordination, emotions of color. I, it's kind of an obsession. Oh. So and when and even when I was when I used to assist other makeup artists, they would always put me on the skin because I could touch anyone's skin and would make it look like skin. And so it's it's always been something that's a it's like just been something I really I was always good at. Mm. So it's kind of funny that I'm working on a skin tone app and matching skin tones because 
you know, I thought, well, that's great. I'm doing these skin tones, but, you know, I'm not actually getting, like, the big jobs here mm-hmm. because of it. Well, now I'm getting Now you are. The universe <laughs> so. sends us things, you know, at the right moment, at the right so, time. So, yeah. So, yeah, the dots are connecting. Mm-hmm. So, color theory, does that mean that we all have like a power color or like a because oh, I've heard all be, these it can terms mean a lot like of things. you have a power color or I don't even know what that means I don't know what that means either well like a color that you <laughs> 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 no someone else told me like, there's a color that represents your strength and when you wear that specific color or whatever it's supposed to be in line with that could confidence. be that could be is that's that one thing? that that is a thing yeah. um there's I mean Traditional color theory is an art thing where you're basically, they're looking at optics and how colors relate to one another. So that's sort of more theoretical and you're mixing oh, a lot of paint. Okay. Um, what you're talking about, there's there are people that are sort of into the vibrations of color and the emotions of color. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, I've seen, I've seen people do it where they just have cards and you pick one at random and that's your color. Or you just look at the cards and you just pick one. So, oh. a, at a certain amount, to a certain amount of it is just what you're drawn to. Um, I'm always drawn to purple. So. I know she's wearing a purple um, sweater. I'm wearing a purple shirt underneath it. And so. actually, purple is my favorite color. Purple is. I mean, Purple's of course, I, sometimes when people ask what your favorite color is, I say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have a favorite. I do have a favorite color, or but it's always like, oh, I can't decide. Like it changes. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mm-hmm. I want to like blue, green, red, pink, and purple, and yellow too. Yellow is nice too. So you like bright colors. I like bright colors. I like tertiary colors. Oh, which are the colors like purple, okay. um, green, blue, tertiary yeah. because tertiary. they're mixed with. Yeah, tertiary, wait, primary, secondary, tertiary. Is that because Tertiary like, colors are sort of like they're between the colors. Like primary colors are like yellow, green, you know, red. Oh, okay. Okay. So yes. green, I knew that. Green is a secondary color, orange is a secondary <laughs> color, purple is a secondary color. But then when you start mixing more blue mm. in there, it's, it kind of gets more interesting. Hmm. Myself is beauty standards, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been doing makeup for 20 years. Yes. Do you feel like that is something that has changed from when you started? Do you feel like, I mean, I just. Well, it's definitely hear... changed from when I was a kid. Yeah. Because uh, part of the reason I liked looking at fashion is because the models were starting to look like me. Mm. Um, okay. They were starting to have models like Gia Karanji and Cindy Crawford and people that were more, weren't all blonde hair, blue eyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely the way that beauty is looked at is definitely expanded. The cosmetics companies make more colors. They're not always easy to find. Um, and mm-hmm. there still are so many skin tones and cosmetics companies often have a certain amount of shelf space. They're trying to make educated guesses and depending on what your skin tone is, whether your undertone is on the golden or the red or the purple side, you may have luck with one company, but not another company. What's an undertone? Undertone. Like if your skin's kind of golden, you can tell. But, you know, some people, their skin is more rosy undertone. Oh, okay. Or more, even purple with dark skins. Um, oh, I don't know. So, and companies may try to make an educated guess as to which one of these they're going to sell. 
Mm. Um, but if you go to a store and, and you go to a brand and they have red undertones, you're not going to get your color. It's going to look weird. And so there's a certain, it's one of the reasons why this app is really useful yeah. is because it saves you this legwork. When we did, we did over a dozen brands um, and every woman in the study, no matter what her skin tone, had at least three matches. But if I tell you, you have to go to 12 different counters to get three matches. Mm. That's a lot of work. Yeah. And, it, you know, if you go to four, you get you know, go to the wrong four, and you don't get anything, you're just going to assume there's nothing for you. Mm-hmm. So it's... Which is a common feeling. Which is a common feeling. Color. Like, it's like, oh, I can't find the right foundation, or I can't... I mean, I don't know about makeup products, but I just... I had, I had a cosmetic chemist say to me that the industry doesn't make products for my skin. This was a black chemist? This was a black cosmetic chemist. Wow. And I said... Actually, they do, but it's hard to find. And this, and part of it is that our retailing environment for cosmetics is, it's late twentieth century. It's you know limited shelf space. The brands are all separate, so you have to go to one brand, and you have to go to the other brand, and you have to go to the other brand. And you have to decode all the formulas. But the which is just I can't even do it, and I'm a professional. Yeah, um, so it's one of the, the things I'm really happy to be working with this app because I feel like it's really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm not saving the world, but I <laughs> but I feel like if I can save people hours of of drama for something that should be fun. I mean, makeup is supposed to be makeup should be your friend that like that supports you, that says hi and makes you happy. Right? It's not supposed to be your friend that says, I don't have anything for you. <laughs> Sorry, girl. Sorry. Is that supposed to let you down? Sorry. It's supposed to yeah, like... it's supposed to be uplifting. It's a consumer product. It's it's instant gratification. Mm. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be like ice cream, you know? It's supposed to be fun. Yes. makeup artist what is your alter ego career or like your secret oh, my imaginary career imaginary. all my imaginary careers yeah. I have tons of them oh uh, I have okay. a lot of them um well there's a part of me that would like to have been a perfumer oh like um, you create the like you create the perfumes um, and I have friends that are perfumers cool. in, in this life so you know it could, it could happen um what else yeah, so they're all sort of creative in that area. I never, mm-hmm. I never think, oh, I would rather be. I might, you know, if I, I might have been. I, I didn't think about this when I was younger, but when I, when I was older, I think, well, you know, I, I could have been an architect, yeah. or you know, um, there's, there's a lot of more spatial, creative, but also analytical things that I might have wanted to do. Um, if I wasn't squeamish, I could. <laughs> and oh, I'd be yeah. injecting everybody, but yeah. <laughs> or worse, telling them they don't need it and going broke. <laughs> yeah, because there is pressure, right, to sell a product. Like I guess there is right? there is pressure from for it's pressure on dermatologists if they have the the gear, if they have really expensive mm-hmm. equipment. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think because you have to you have to get pay that stuff off. Yeah. Um, actually, there's there's an aesthetic show this week, and I'm going to see a lot of gear. Mm. Um, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, lasers. Cheap. I don't know how much they are, but that scares me. Lasers on your skin and all that. I've tried the this really shallow ones, but I yeah, the deep ones really scare me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be scared too. So, how do you maintain? Because you said sometimes you work like 
15 hour days, right? How do you maintain a life work balance? So <laughs> <that> you can... <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what is that? No, like seriously though. Um, do you, do I shut myself that? away. Um, I have a husband. I've been married for over 20 years. Oh, wow. So, Congratulations. So I have, I have an ally in the craziness and he is in the film music photography world so he gets mm. everything so if it's a 15 hour days um you know if i was working on a movie he gets it and he picks up a lot of slack um if he's working on a movie i get it i pick up a lot of slack mm. so that is the hugest thing um a solid partnership. i guess really it's uh, having a solid partner and somebody who gets you and is is patient with the BS mm-hmm. that you may be subjected to at that time um, is is key, and is you know patient. Um, I don't have kids, so mm-hmm. you know that's that. So having a crazy life because I I knew my life is crazy, so that's not wasn't really on my list. Husbands weren't, weren't really on my list either, but that just happened. So you said that wasn't on your list, like you didn't want. I you, never. You just. I just, never your career. Of, I just never thought about it. I don't know. It's, it's just that I just never thought about that stuff. And it never, you know, I know there are people that when they, they grow up, they want to have kids and they want to mm. have a farm and animals and a, you know, a husband. And, and it's just, I never thought about it. I just sort of, I don't know. I just didn't think about it until it happened. And I suppose if having a child had happened, then I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I guess right. that's going to happen too. But, but that wasn't. A, but it wasn't in the cards, and it wasn't something that I said. Oh, I really want to do this, mm-hmm. you know. And being in a long relationship, you know, a committed relationship, isn't something I really thought. I thought I was too crazy to be in a committed relationship. Really? Just just from what people told me when I was in the dating world, they're like, "You're weird." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I feel like everyone is weird. Everyone I, is I, weird, and I think you just have to find the person that gets your weirdness. That's what I say. Yeah. And then you then you don't think they're weird at all. And and I know my husband weird is together. weird, and yeah. there are people that think he is really weird. Um, <laughs> and I when things that other people who think that he's really weird and don't like, I actually think find them extremely <laughs> amusing. So so there you go, right? So you're you just to find somebody who's and just as weird as you and you like it. You just, yeah, it is. You just have to get the person that yeah. gets you. And how that happens, I just, you know, fell into it. It yeah. didn't happen, so. So did you feel as a woman, because, so my mom had me when she was in her 40s, actually. Mm-hmm. So she sort of had, you know, this career path and then she, Decided, oh, well, I, you know, I do actually want to have a child. And here I am. But did you feel pressure at all? Because, like, right now I'm 30, and, you know, I mean, there are several things. I'm a queer woman, so you can think about that. But, like, I feel a little bit of pressure in terms of thinking about, well, should I be having a child? Like, mm-hmm. Did you, did, did I, you, that, you know, there was that? A, there was a point where I said, okay, if I'm going to have a kid, I better do it now. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't something that was really pressuring me inside. I did bring it to my husband. I said, by the way, you know, this is kind of your last call. <laughs> it's last call. Last kids call. Kids. Um, and he said, no, I'm, I'm good. I think, I think, you know, I think we're good. And I said, okay. You know, he was like, why, do you? And I was like, well, you know, like, you know, it was one of those weird little mm. conversations you have. But it wasn't like either person was dying for it. There are people in my family that wish I had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Some of them, my mom wishes. I, I, I respect her wishes. Other people, they just wanted somebody else to have kids when they had kids. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> do you have siblings or I have I have a, I yeah I have siblings and one my sister has three kids so oh, okay okay so you know and, and so there there are kids so there's less but pressure there's, there. there's there's less pressure um, but there's still some I mean you know yeah. I, I think I don't know if it's because they want more they just want more kids. I was adopted into my family because my mom wanted more kids. Oh, interesting. Um, so maybe she just wants more kids. Mm. Um, you were adopted into your family. Yes, after adopted? they had kids. So oh. they, so they, I'm getting real personal here. So, well, <laughs> that, that happens. You can find everything. <laughs> um, That's interesting. Oh, so your mom had kids and then she adopted. Not anymore. So yeah, they wanted, they wanted lots of kids. So maybe that's part of it. So too. yeah, so you know, and, and but I, I, you know. <laughs> you're gonna how you know when people say you need to have kids, I would always say, so how many days a month are you coming over to babysit? <laughs> right, and that's when you get the blank stare. So, I you know it, it does. I believe it does take a village. It does to it you does. know raise kids. It takes a lot of work and it takes you know a lot of people. So, and it's a very conscious thing. You know, it, it's it shouldn't be an unconscious thing. To me, it's like you know I want to be ready. And I know you can never, my mom always says to me, like, you can never be ready. It's going to happen. Again. But I would like to be ready in the sense that at least I know, I know somewhat of what, where I'm going. In life. Yeah. And somewhat like of some structure. What this important. life is going to be, yeah. you know, or at least what you plan the life is going to yeah. be like. And I, I don't, you know, I, if I, if I were, if I think if I, I do sometimes think if I were a man mm-hmm. and I had a wife that would just take care of the child, I would have children. Hmm. That's interesting because because I was I was not ready for the amount of work that it was going to take, and um, you didn't feel like because you're a woman and you have a husband. Did you not feel like we, I didn't feel like we, we would wouldn't be, be flipping? Balance. We wouldn't be flipping. I mean, we balance we balance yeah. a lot of stuff, um, but it wouldn't we it wouldn't be flipping. Like it, you know, you have to have some, you kind of have to have someone that really wants the kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I. I Kind of believe that, and I've I've seen adults whose parents have kids because they're supposed to have kids, and they you know got sent off to boarding schools, and you know mm. came back home, and the door was locked, and they mm. you know didn't have a key or you know stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas you know I did grow up in a family. Yeah, my parents were home almost almost all the time. You know, I mean my dad came home from you know occasionally had a business trip, but he would try to come home the same day. Yeah. Because he would rather be home reading his paper in his chair, petting the dog, and hearing, you know, having kids around than being out, yeah. you know, in Omaha, Nebraska or something. So I think I think as women though, like we walk a fine line. I I know that it's like twenty sixteen, but I still think that in terms of having a child, the the role is still seen as something that is for moms like the biggest thing I, st- I don't well, care what people say but of all the traditionally all the traditionally female chores having children like giving birth being pregnant yes. giving birth nursing those still cannot they can be outsourced yeah, but not really know. it's not yeah. like it's not like how indoor plumbing means you don't have to go to the river and get your water <laughs> you know so yeah. so it's it's your modern life I don't know we, we just we live in this modern world, you know, our food chases us, we have, you know, fire inside our homes and water mm-hmm. inside our homes and, you know, we, we can do all these things really easily, but we still have to kind of balance this biology part of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah. things like 
motherhood. I mean, that brings up so much stuff. It's not just biological. It's, you know, associations. It's, you know, it's sort of this archetype that goes through, you know, I mean, millennia, as long as we've been conscious enough to even look at it, and maybe even before that. So it's, it's, a, lot. it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You have to want to do it, I think. It's, it's something that you have to want to do. I think so. I, I think in, in the modern world, I mean, you could do it unconsciously if you're just sort of going through life and you've got, you know, you've got the house. You, mm-hmm. you sort of got the setup around mm-hmm. it, and then you can be like, oh. I guess my friends are having kids. I guess I'll have a kid too. You know? So there's a lot of that. Yeah, that there's happen. a lot of that. But it doesn't happen in New York so much. Yeah, New York it's is a not, different piece. It's a lot of work. And and people I know who successfully raise children, it's the, the what I've seen them do in terms of work is, is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And, it, and, you know, many of them have help. Yeah. Help from family, them. from professional help, from, you know, all friends. It's just... It's a lot. It takes a village. It's a lot. Yeah, you can't just like leave them in the backyard. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> no, you cannot. Is there a quote or a mantra that motivates you? Uh, I can't think of one. No? Okay. <laughs> um... Before we close, I think that you're innovative in the work that you've done. But what does innovation mean to you? Um, innovation to me, it just means trying to see the next thing past what you're doing. Mm. Um, and it's it's you don't necessarily see it, but you can sense that there's something there that you don't know yet, or that you haven't a problem that you haven't solved yet that you see, but you sense that. I could help solve that problem. Mm. Or I could find out about that and I could come up with something that's insightful about that. So that's, innovation is just sort of like that, just one step beyond. If there's someone who's, you know, maybe they're in high school right now, but they'd like to get into the, the makeup and beauty industry, are there any pieces of advice that you have for them? Um... Just make sure that you have all sorts of skills. Um, the beauty industry, it's creative, but it's also business. Um, and it, on the retail side, it's fairly, um, I'm going to say it's fairly fair. Um, you know, if you work hard, you can get somewhere. Um, although it helps even more if you get into really good schools and go to the best business school, because then you get to go a little faster. Um, <laughs> yeah, business school But, but um, you know, it's, it's just... It's, you know, showing up on time, doing your best, being nice to people, learning everything you can. It, it'll take you to the middle of almost anything. Mm. Um, and beauty's kind of no exception, and, and you just kind of have to follow your nose through it. Because it's because it's a creative world, you don't know what it, you can't tell what it is until you get into it. Mm-hmm. And have, has, is relationship building something that you found to be helpful, or is it more as a makeup artist, it's like, it's more of an independent kind of thing. Um, there's a little bit of both. I have to say my a lot of my times my biggest allies are actually other makeup artists because they understand mm-hmm. um, there are people from other parts of the business that I've, I've become friends with, but it's often, it's, there's in fashion, it can be a little um, exploitative kind of, so you know people are sort of looking to see who the next big person is and 
that sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes you make really close friends, and sometimes you're like, man, I'm surrounded by jerks. Um, so it's, it's a very varied group of, of people. It's not, you know, it's not a girl's budget. Exactly. <laughs> so what's next for you? What do you, oh, what are goodness. you hoping to do? I don't know. I mean, I'm, we're going to launch this app. Yes. And um, I'm probably going to be out and about um, showing it to people um, in every way I can um, and, and working with the engineers to help make every feature in terms of makeup recommendations um, as good as it possibly can be. Um, Wild Beauty, I'd like to start expanding that. I think I'm going to bring people in and mm. make it. You know, when I can, when I can, when when I can do it, when I can make it something where I can bring people in to help me write or to help me research and and sort of keep that as a, as an entity, as a living entity and not have Mm -hmm. it all depend on me not working on something else. That's going to be good. And I kind of just want to, I don't know. I think there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff in my future. I don't really know what it is. When I was, um, I used to look at my life. I could never see it past 40. And oh. I knew that I was going to live a long life, but I didn't really know. And then when I was 40, it kind of, things kind of crashed and I did all this stuff. And now I kind of have a new life. Huh. So it's, it's a really strange um, thing that I have these new ideas around me and, you know, the blog is new and, and the, the app is new. Hmm. Um, so it's so. like after that crash, that point, you kind of like rose into this whole I new thing. Learned and yeah, I, I did. I, I took I took a inventory of what I was doing and you know who I was and said, okay, let's follow this stuff and and did some things. And it's not that I'm doing something completely different than what I was doing before, but I'm doing it in a different way. And there's a lot more um, a lot more interesting input and things yeah. you know to do. I mean, working working with you know, a tech company in, in Silicon Valley. That's pretty awesome. As a makeup artist. That's pretty awesome. I would, you know, I would never have seen that coming. I mean, if I, if I told you when I was 18 <laughs> that we're going to have computers in our pockets and we're going to watch cat videos and makeup <laughs> tutorials, they, you know, they would have locked me up. So, and, but that is the world that we live in. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, um, and that's kind of the world that I'm working in. Mm-hmm. So, you're doing awesome things. So, yeah. So, I would never have predicted it. Fortunately, I did not predict it because I would be much more heavily medicated <laughs> along the way if I had. <laughs> and I was able to stay free <laughs> of all of that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure. For joining me, but, you know, joining us listeners. And um, we will be back next week with another episode. But in the meantime, do things that scare you. At least once a week. Absolutely. And say what you need to say and say it confidently and be awesome. See you next time. Bye. Bye.